Well, welcome, everybody. Welcome to A Coach's Perspective. I'm your host, Jenny Hopkins, and I want to wish everybody a happy Valentine's Day. Um, you know, this show this show is going to be centered around love. Um, right now, it's going to be centered around a lot of the love for people of Kansas City in the wake of this senseless and infuriating tragedy um, and love for the Super Bowl champions. I want to send our prayers out to everyone involved, including the victims, the victims' families, and the witnesses that experienced this traumatic event unfold. Um, and, and I want to send prayers to, you know, the first responders and the law enforcement officers that every day run toward danger to protect our citizens and um, for the capture of the three suspects. I, you know, it is maddening. We will continue to try to update you throughout the hour, um, but we're going to continue to keep all involved and sending our prayers for, for courage and for strength and peace. Um, this is definitely a, a difficult day that has overshadowed um, a tremendous celebration. And so our, lots of prayers and, and condolences to Kansas City. Um, we're going to go ahead and move into the show, but we will revisit this um, each segment. And if there are any updates, we will share those with you. Um, this show is presented to you by Great Southern Bank. Great Southern Bank is serious about convenience with nearly 100 banking centers in six states, hundreds of ATMs and mobile and online banking services you're always in touch with your money. Learn more at greatsouthernbank.com, member FDIC. Other sponsors that we're very grateful for, Highland Dairy, Craig Lehman with Shelter Insurance, Bill Grant Ford and Bolivar, Story Construction, West Logging, Greg and Melinda Burnett, and Springfield Yard Cards. Um, just to recap a little bit of last week, we've been in a, a series, um, the Effective Leadership Series, and we continued that last week with Nyla Millison and Becky Oaks. And we broke down the leadership um, advice from Coach Pat Summit. So we in this series, we've been taking leadership models and breaking them down. We're going to take a break from that series this week um, because we do want to um, celebrate what the Kansas City Chiefs have done this season. Um, but if you want to listen to that show, you can go to the website at coachesperspective.com. Under previous shows, you can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Helium Satellite Radio, all under a Coach's Perspective. So welcoming to the show, um, when I when I thought about this, as soon as uh, the game was over, I was like, well, we, we've got to celebrate the Chiefs. This is too exciting. And I have a Kansas City Chiefs correspondent, an official correspondent and super fan, and that is um, Jeff Burnett. And I have him here in studio in his lucky Chiefs jersey, and we're glad to have you here. Welcome to the show. Well, thank you. I don't know if I'm an official Chiefs correspondent. <laughs> my official. They might have something to say about that. <laughs> yeah, my official. Now, full disclosure, he's also my younger brother. And the reason I love him as my Chiefs correspondent is because I know for a fact, uh, since he was born, he has been a Chiefs fan. So he has been through it now with the Chiefs organization. He's been a, a true blue member of Chiefs Kingdom. And you've you've watched a lot of ups, a lot of downs. Um, and you've watched a lot of things, you know, roller coaster through. Um, and this last, you know, five years, six years has been something of a lot of hope for Chiefs Kingdom fan, um, fans. And um, I know that you've really enjoyed being on this ride. It is a lot of hope. I feel I've, I've felt pretty spoiled the last few years after going through decades of heartbreak. <laughs> right. After, you know, great regular seasons. Yeah. get to the playoffs and they just never can see you know seem to win that big game mm-hmm. you know i was at the playoff game against pittsburgh where we scored two touchdowns they scored zero and we still lost <laughs> so 
went through a lot of hard times, and I think I'm still in a little bit of a daze these last few years because I just can't believe the success they're actually having yeah. with Mahomes. I never thought they'd really make it to a Super Bowl in my lifetime. <laughs> I've made several, so good times. Yes, and and you know to be able to stay true. I mean, you could have moved over to the Broncos or the or the Cowboys or well, I don't even want to mention any other teams. But you you didn't. You stayed with the Chiefs. You've had faith in them, and that's one of the reasons I call you a super fan. I also think another definition of super fan is that you are psychologically attached to how they do, (laughs) (laughs) and and that you have a lot of. In other words, that's a nice way of saying you have a lot of passion and you really care um, about um, how they play each and every week. You're very dedicated. Yes. If, if they win on Sunday, I'm having a good week. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> they lose, not so much. Right. I've gotten better in my older age to, uh, you know, dealing with that. So, you know, usually a day or two, I'm over it and moving on the next week. And it's really easy with this team because even when they're losing, you always have that faith that they're going to start winning again. So what do you think was the, the overall arching? I mean, there's several different ingredients that go into turning a season around. You know, when they were in their slump and when they, um, you know, I, I think Christmas Day was probably the lowest point um, that, you know, that they had all season. And that seemed to be kind of the, the turning wake-up call, if you will. Or if you think it's another point in the season, that's fine too. But what do you think it was that kind of helped um, them say, you know what, Whatever's happened in this season has made us better, and we're going to use it as fuel going into the playoffs. I think it all came down to attitude, and I think it was the Christmas Day game where, you know, when you win so much and go to so many Super Bowls, you get a little complacent in the regular season. And, you know, I'm I'm not a professional football player, but I imagine you get a little bored sometimes Mm -hmm. with teams like the Raiders or the Broncos, you know, teams you've beaten consistently for years. And so you just walk out and not feel think you're going to win, and you kind of forgot that you have to play the game. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I think that was a turning point. I knew the attitudes that Mahomes, Kelsey, Chris Jones, and all the big players have on that team, I knew they could turn it around. They just needed to all consistently kind of come together and just cut down the mistakes. I mean, it's penalties, turnovers, and, you know, just a variety of unlucky things that happened throughout those, those games that they lost. Well, and let's talk a little bit about, um, you know, the leadership on the team, not just from the players, but from Andy Reid and his coaching staff. You know, when you have slumps like that, um, I, you know, I hate to say it, but there are some times where you just, coaches will just survive the season and players will just survive the season and then they'll chalk it up to let's get better in the offseason. That was not an option. And Andy Reid did a great job of continuing to really navigate all these personalities that are on this team and being able to merge them into a common vision and, and, and being able to kind of keep that umbrella of leadership going. Yes, I think that's a real strength of his. A lot of coaches can't handle all those personalities because mm-hmm. a lot of those players are making more money than the coaches. And, you know, uh, and it's different than college right. where you can kind of, you know, direct them a little bit more. But, Andy Reid's always been really good with that. And a lot of players, you listen to a lot of interviews and stuff, they know where that line is not to cross. I mean, he's the head honcho, the the big dog and all that. And people have made such a big deal about Travis Kelsey, you know, bumping into him. You know, but that's mm-hmm. you don't know their relationship. You know, the general public doesn't know a relationship between a coach and their players. And so to them, that's just no big deal. That's an everyday occurrence almost. And well, they're and both very competitive. And you bring that up. And, and what I think was interesting was, you know, an interview that, that Coach Reed had, you know, so he was asked about that, you know, later on came up and gave him a hug. And, you know, Travis Kelsey gave him a hug and they talked. And I mean, they knew where they were coming. 
from. I mean, that, and that's something, that's part of getting to know your players. Um, he didn't need to get into a power struggle right then. He knew how to respond. Um, but they, you know, being able, we didn't see that on camera, them hugging no. and talking, you know I mean? But, but that is the part that I think is unique about Andy Reid is he gets to know each and every player. He gets to know what makes them tick. And that's something um, I think, is, especially at the professional level, sometimes they, they lose sight of because there's so many other into, you know, elements that they have to focus on. So that, that's a great compliment for him. Well, he lets them be who they are. And I just saw an interview with Mahomes that, you know, Andy let him come in and play football like he wants to play. He didn't try to change him or try to make him just a pocket passer or, you know, running passer out of the pocket all the time. I mean, that's, that's what his strengths. He identifies their strengths and lets them play to those. And it's worked out pretty well. Yeah, I think so. I think, um, he, he definitely has gives them that freedom to be themselves. But at the end of the day, knowing that he's the decision maker. Um, and I think that's something that they on their end respect him for is that he is the decision maker at the end of the day and they have that respect and, and trust his judgment. That's true. And they do that with their other coaches as well, too. They, they just have a really good, uh, set of coaches right now. And I think when Eric Bienemy left, the offense did struggle a little bit because they miss, you know, he's got a lot of passion, but he's really strict. And, you know, I think they, Missed a little bit of that structure this year, and that's why they were making a lot of mistakes early on. Well, let's look a little bit at their history. All right, so the Chiefs Super Bowl history, I'm obviously this is the fourth trip in five years. Um, you know, before that, it was 50 years ago. So they were in Super Bowl one, where they lost to the Green Bay Packers in 1967. And then in 1970, Super Bowl four, uh, the Kansas City Chiefs uh, defeated Minnesota Vikings, which um, you know, we could also share that our father, Tommy Burnett, he was in Super Bowl three. So we've studied, you know, we've heard about that era as well. And, and we've heard stories about the Chiefs during that time. Um, but then 50 years later is when they uh, when when their next Super Bowl. Um, talk, talk about a drought. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 50 years is a, long time. <laughs> yeah, is a long time. But, you know, some teams have longer droughts. You know, some teams have never won it. Um, some teams are up in the 60, 70 years, and I just couldn't imagine. And after 50, I was just, you know, relegated to the fact that, well, maybe they just won't ever make it. Right. You know, things just kept lining up against them or the, a play here went one way or the other. So, yeah, to, to make it back after 50 years, that first one was pretty special. And, and, of course, they defeated San Francisco in that game, uh, 31-20. to 20. Then they, um, in, in 2021, Tampa Bay wins. Um, and then 2023, of course, they defeat uh, the Philadelphia Eagles. And then they just beat San Francisco 49ers again for back-to-back. And that's the first back-to-back um, Super Bowl champion since um, the, the Patriots 20, 20 years ago. 20 years ago, Tom Brady-led Patriots. Yeah. I mean, it's really hard to repeat in professional sports because everybody's – gunning for you that second year and you know things that just fall have, have to fall a certain way and everybody's got to play a certain way to really get back there and you know with you know the off-season concerns of football teams and salary caps it's really hard to hold on to a good core of players for very long and that's just you know what happens i i think they really could have won that tampa bay super bowl too because they did beat them in the regular season fairly handily uh, but our offensive line was just decimated in that game. And Mahomes made some incredible plays, but he was just kind of run for his life. So, well, let's talk about this year's road to the Super Bowl. All right, let's talk a little bit about um, that. And, and, you know, you're speaking of players that end up moving. Tyreek Hill 
That was a that was a blow. I mean, that was tough. I mean, he is a very talented player. So they play Miami, and they win twenty six to to seven. What do you think about uh, about that game? Well, I knew Miami does not like the cold. Yeah, <laughs> you know, for one, I would be a little bit more nervous yeah. if we're playing in Miami. Um, <laughs> right. And we did beat them in the regular season earlier and jumped out to twenty one to zero lead. But, you know, they did come back in that game and made it close. They right. have, you know, a roster full of players, a lot of talent on that team. I wasn't totally convinced with their coaches. And that's one advantage we routinely have over other teams or a coaching staff. And I wasn't a huge believer in Tua that he could, you know, routinely beat a team like the Chiefs. Now, if you let him hit on three or four big plays, yeah, that's trouble. But I knew Spags and the defense would be looking for those. Maybe throw underneath, get him a little bit frustrated, and apply a lot of pressure. Tua does not like pressure. No. <laughs> he does not like it. So, you know, it's just like with any good quarterback. You know, you get enough pressure on him, don't give him enough time to make that third or fourth read. You know, a lot of them kind of freak out, and they don't stay composed, and that's when they start making mistakes. So Miami game, I was, I was feeling really confident going into that one. Well, and they, they did a tremendous job, and what those conditions, I can't even imagine. Um, I mean, his helmet, Mahomes' helmet broke. Yeah, I mean, I've never seen that. <laughs> incredible uh, to be able to play a physical contact game like that in those conditions. Just, ooh, hats off. All right, so um, Buffalo, who is all, you know, that that's always going to be a tough game. They always have a great game plan. Obviously a very talented quarterback in Josh Allen. So 27-24, to 24, they skate through that game. Yeah, so Josh Allen is always a tough quarterback to figure out sometimes. Like, he always plays his best against Kansas City. Uh, least amount of mistakes. Uh, he's always running the ball well. And he's just kind of going wild. And they have a great group of receivers, an awesome defense. Uh, they're a little bit dinged up on, on defense this year. But going into Buffalo, we beat them every time, you know, recently in the playoffs. But we've never played them in Buffalo. But, you know, I was, as a, as a good fan, I was feeling fairly confident in that game because the Chiefs played really well on the road. And the road doesn't really bother Mahomes and the rest of the team. Uh, I think they kind of feed off the other fans and being the underdog. And that really played in. They were a lot more physical that game. Um, you know, pressured Allen, best you can. It was really just kind of back and forth, but they came out victorious. Just said too about how they feed off the pressure of fans. I mean, any athletes out there that are listening, or coaches, or parents of athletes, that is something I think is a true skill to be able to block out the noise and not just ignore it, but use it for fuel. Um, I think Patrick Mahomes does a tremendous job of that. I think whenever you got the haters that are saying that he just smiles and he, and he, you know, I mean, he definitely lets his play do the talking and. Um, but I just really like the way, I think that's an excellent point, that they are fueled sometimes by opponents' fans. Yeah, and they've admitted that. And you could see in the pregame of, of the Buffalo game, they were pretty dialed in. Yeah. You know, and I, you know, I'm, no, I'm no expert, but when a professional team goes on the road, they're all staying in the same hotel, they're all eating together, you don't really have the distractions of home life and kids and everything else. And I think that's where Kansas City really comes together, and they do play better on the road. I mean, they play well. I mean, this, this year showed that. Well. They lost a lot of home games, but they don't normally lose and won a lot of road games. 
And so I knew, you know, them going on the road in the playoffs, they would be just fun. Well, and I also, you know, I, I feel like, too, um, it, that you, you said they were dialed in. Um, there there was. There was a, a switch that was flipped. I mean, they definitely were on a mission here in this playoff run. Um, all right, so Baltimore. Um, I mean, you got Lamar Jackson. You got the MVP, 17-10 to 10 victory. Talk a little bit about that game. Well, I thought this game would be a little bit tougher. Uh, you know, Buffalo is very unpredictable. Uh, Baltimore is, too. They can score a lot of points. Or if Lamar Jackson's not playing great, they can kind of struggle with their offense. But consistently, what both teams had were really good defenses. And I think Kansas City's defense was really underrated uh, with all the so-called experts this year. And they really didn't get the, uh, the accolades they should have because they were shutting people down. I mean, they shut down Miami a couple times. They shut down you know, Buffalo, and then end up playing Baltimore. Every team they played, no, no team scored over 28 points against them this year, which is hard to do in the NFL. And so Baltimore, again, I felt confident in that, and I figured, I thought that Kansas City was the only AFC team that could probably really beat them uh, just because Spags and Andy Reid have had success against Baltimore and Lamar Jackson in the past. And he really seems to throw out a defensive game plan that really uh, makes Lamar struggle you know he's great if he's got one or two reads or run right run left you know scramble out of the pocket no defenders but Spanks throws a lot at opposing quarterbacks where you have to you know try to find that blitz where that's coming from or make this read and I think he was holding the ball really long trying to get to that third or fourth read and that's where our defensive line linebackers really coming in on him um, and they also had, you know, a linebacker kind of spying him in case he ran, which, you know, makes sense because right. he's a running quarterback. And he just never looked comfortable that entire game. Um, and I felt really good that first half when we were up by 10. Second half, I was getting a little nervous because <laughs> they were playing, you know, some Marty ball in that second half and, you know, run, run, pass and weren't doing a whole lot. But they were trying not to turn the ball over or create a big play where Baltimore could get back in the game. So. I think that's a that's a great point, um, and I, I do think there was a, a that the defense was incredible that game. They executed the game plan very well, um, and I think that was a, that was definitely a tribute. All right, well then we're going to talk about the 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 Super Bowl game in our next segment. Um, San Francisco they went in overtime, twenty five to twenty two. We'll break that down with our Chiefs super fan here, Jeff Burnett. So we'll take a break. I want to thank Great Southern Bank again for being our presenting sponsor. We'll be right back here on a coach's perspective. Welcome back to Hey Coach's Perspective. This segment is sponsored by Highland Dairy. They're owned by dairy farmers. They've been providing a great selection of nutritious dairy products since 1938. It's a proven fact. Scientific studies, professional dietitians, they all agree. The ideal sports beverage recovery drink available to athletes after workout is chocolate milk. And Highland Dairy has the best tasting chocolate. They're a proud sponsor of A Coach's Perspective. So we're back in the studio with our Kansas City Chiefs, my official correspondent, superfan Jeff Burnett is here. Um, and I appreciate you coming in to, to celebrate and, uh, the Super Bowl victory. And of course, that has um, been tainted by a tragedy that occurred at Union Station earlier today. And as we said at the top of the show, our 
definitely prayers of courage and, and strength go out to, to everyone involved, um, and our hearts go to, out to them. Um, it's senseless. It is senseless, and it is a, a tragedy, and I, it's just, um, it just makes you sick that something like this can occur. Um, and, and I, I am just, uh, so my heart goes out to everyone in this traumatic experience. Um, we're gonna, we're gonna trudge on and we're gonna talk a little bit about, we've talked a little bit about the history, um, and we have talked a little bit about, um, you know, the Super Bowl, uh, the road to the Super Bowl. Let's talk about the game, Jeff. Let's talk a little bit about the championship game. Um, the first half, you could have probably taken a nap and been fine. It was just slow. Um, it was just slow and it seemed a little bit, um, uh, not in, in sync, if you will. I think it was slow. I think they came out, both teams, a little tight. Mm-hmm. You know, yes. both teams probably felt a little bit of pressure to win San Francisco, losing the last one against Kansas City, Kansas City with the pressure to repeat. Um, and one thing that probably doesn't, doesn't even make sense, I, I think, you know, both both sides are feeling pretty good and have a lot of energy, and I think the defensive players weren't that tired in the first half. Yeah. And so typically as the game goes on, you know, you see those, defenses lax a little bit those offenses kind of open up a little bit and that's kind of what happened in this game i mean it's a lot of, it's it's an exhausting week i'm sure doing all the interviews and bouncing around and doing everything at the super bowl you know week um and then you finally get to the game and it's a big stage but you know i think everybody you know, the play callers probably called some you know kind of conservative plays beginning because nobody wanted to make a huge mistake right off the bat even though you know, two of the best players in the game both did. Um, yeah, overall, it was a it was a little bit of a slow start. It was a little bit of a slow start, and I think you know, I, you know, as a coach watching that game, I'm thinking, okay, you you know, half times you've got to have adjustments. You you've got to to make some changes. You've got to do some of the X's and O's, and you've got to to do that. But then there has to be also this, you know, some inspiration and some motivation and. Um, shifting the mindset a little bit and getting them more focused. And, um, you know, McCall Hardman, uh, he was being interviewed earlier today, and he was talking about um, who, congratulations, he's a, you know, he's a new dad, and he has a, another baby on the way. Um, so, you know, he's uh, very excited about uh, being with the Chiefs um, after being with the Jets at the beginning of the season and coming over to the Chiefs. But he, you know, he was asked about his, you know, the halftime. What was the, what was the factor that really kind of changed things around? And he gave credit to Travis Kelsey. He said he gave one of the most inspiring speeches and motivating talks um, and, and really got everybody fired up. And something just kind of clicked as far as uh, they came out of there with a the unified motivation that really helped him in the second half. Yeah, I mean, I don't know him personally, but he seems like a great motivator. <laughs> and he comes up with, you know, things on, on the fly. Um, and I think they have a lot of leaders in that locker room. And, you know, they're a very young team, but they do have some veterans on there that uh, kind of control the narrative and make sure everybody's up, you know, ready to play. You know, Andy Reid and and Spags and all the coaches really there, you know, generally make very good adjustments for the second half. Um, you know, this year's been a little bit weird because the offense, sometimes they had kind of a quick first half and then kind of a, you know, a terrible second half. Uh, but it's quite the opposite in the Super Bowl. And I think the defense, too, adjusted, you know, as best they could. That second half, and that's a, that's a long second half too with the halftime show and all that. Right. So you're kind of getting cold again. They got to get warmed back up, and so there's just a lot of factors in this game. It's a little bit different than regular season. 
I think that makes that's a great point because it is such an extended halftime, um, and you've got to make sure that you you are not just mentally getting yourself motivated, but you've also got to stay um, physically ready as well. Um, you know, I, I'm going to just say it. I'm going to say it out loud. You can believe it or you cannot believe it. I was never worried. <laughs> <laughs> In fact, we were texting during the game, and I was like, I'm not worried. Just keep the faith. Keep the faith. Um, and I, I just felt like, I don't know, I just had a really good feeling about it. Um, when they went into overtime, I wasn't worried. Now, these new overtime rules for the NFL postseason, um, you know, they're unlike the regular season games, postseason games. You know, they can't end in a tie. I mean, it's overtime rules change a little slightly for the playoffs and I know those have been expressed um, several times, but what do you what do you think about the overtime rules? Do you think the change um, was for the betterment of the game? Yeah, I mean, uh, Kansas City had a hand in getting those changed. You know, Kansas City and Buffalo played it a couple years ago. Uh, Buffalo complained they never got the ball, and so lo and behold, they changed them. I think it will be a good change, especially for the playoffs, and you have high caliber teams. And yeah, I, I didn't really like the sudden death of it. If you do score a touchdown, then the other team doesn't even get to touch it. And so, luckily, they did hold them to a field goal. Uh, Even I was a little bit confused on on part of the overtime rules because, you know, time was ticking down. It's like seven seconds. And I was like, what are they doing? Well, since they were still on their first possession, even if they didn't score then, they would still start another another quarter, quarter, switch sides and everything else. And, And so, you know, my fault. I didn't really study up on that as much. But I knew... Once we held him to that field goal, I was confident Mahomes was going to come down and Kelsey and that offense as a whole and find a way and score. I just didn't know it would be to Michael Hardman. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and Kelsey makes that huge play, um, you know, to get them so close. Um, And in the red, you know, right when they're in the red zone, it's so hard to even think, um, you know, about uh, them not succeeding because they're so good in that area. Well, they just have a heart of a champion, and a lot of people talk about that. But, I mean, they really had the mental fortitude in that game, and it showed later on. Now, San Francisco, if you go player by player, position by position, they might have been more talented because uh, they got all-stars all over that team, right. I mean, to be honest with you. And, you know, a cheap young quarterback, so they can afford all those big-time players. But the Chiefs, just their attitude, and all throughout the playoffs – their attitude and just fortitude, just to win, just yeah. really showed out. And how often do you see that with athletes? I mean, there are times where I've, you know, I've seen high level athletes and I'm like, oh, they just had the heart of so and so. You know, they would just, they, it, there's no telling what their potential could be. Or you see someone with all this heart, you know, that Rudy attitude. Right. And, you know, and, and if, and you think, okay, they've got all this heart, but if they just had the talent, um, and I do feel like the Chiefs take get the most out of their talent um, because I do th- feel like that they have a, a team heart. And again, I think that goes back to Andy Reid. I think that goes back to a lot of the leadership of the players, and of course the head coach Andy Reid. Well, they're very lucky. I mean, they they have a few players that have a lot of talent and a lot of heart, which is hard to find, like you said. And then they've got a lot of fill in players that they put them in good positions. Um, you know, they struggled a lot with their wide receivers this year. A lot, of, a lot of drop balls and a lot of crazy interceptions they have, you know, off of drop balls. But they really dialed them in in the playoffs and the ones that were, you know, everybody was kind of hard on throughout the whole season really stepped up in the playoffs yeah. and got it done. So that's a lot of that's coaching. Yes, that is. It definitely is to be able to get them on that page. All right, well, we're going to take our final break. 
Um, we want to thank Highland Dairy for sponsoring this segment along with Greg and Melinda Burnett as they support local and thoughtful radio. We'll be right back here with our Kansas City Chiefs superfan, Jeff Burnett. joining us tonight we've talked about this at the beginning of the show and at the beginning of the last segment and our hearts just go out to the people in kansas city and what occurred today at union station is senseless it's infuriating um it just it, it makes sane people sick and it's very um it's very hard to ingest um this and and why this tragedy has occurred and i just want to make sure we know that we're sending as many prayers and thoughts of, of courage and strength and peace to to everybody that was involved. And, and I will take a quick moment. You know, I want to thank the, that the, the law enforcement officers and first responders for their quick response. I have one sitting in here on my guest tonight, Jeff Burnett, your Sergeant Jeff Burnett with Springfield Police Department. And, uh, you just want to say thank you for what you do. Um, law enforcement officers are trained to run to danger. And, um, I just want to thank for them for their response and thank you for what you do each and every day. Well, thank you. That was very tragic up there, and I just can't help to think about what the public was going through up there and what the law enforcement response was up there. And, yeah, my heart goes out to all of them. Um, And you are here also because you are my official correspondent for the Kansas City Chiefs. And uh, we're going to move into continuing to talk about the game. Um, You know, this segment is sponsored. We're also going to show gratitude to our sponsors, Bill Grant Ford and Bolivar. Um, they know cars, they know trucks, they know SUVs, and they know service. And they know how to keep their customers happy and loyal. Um, you can go to BillGrantFord.net or call them at 417-326-7671. Call Kelly Grant, call Shane Rainey. Uh, they will take all of the stress out of buying a new vehicle away, and they will find exactly what you're looking for. We also want to thank West Logging. Uh, go to WestLogging.com. You can contact Danny West for a free consultation. He's going to treat your land like his own. And we also want to show gratitude to Craig Lehman with Shelter Insurance. Craig Lehman, another huge Kansas City Chiefs fan. Uh, so, you know, he has always got um, the red and white and yellow um, flags flying in his yard um, as he celebrates the Kansas City Chiefs as well. So so we've been talking about the Super Bowl game. We've been talking about, we talked about first half and halftime and how they came back. We talked a little bit about the overtime rules. Uh, let's talk about some of the little, um, you know, some of the side stories, if you will, of of what kind of occurred um first of all i you know as as a former athlete and coach i had a lot of superstitions you know you you go on a win streak and you think oh okay i'm not you know i'm not going to shave my legs until we lose or you know whatever it is there's all these weird superstitions i mean patrick mahomes you know he talked about one time in an interview about how he wears the same pair of red underwear i mean so everybody has their little superstitions and fans have a lot of superstitions um so as a super fan how about you? Do you have any uh, superstitions? Well, I don't have any like season long ones, but I did get a nice Chiefs 
jersey slash hockey sweater from my lovely sister. There we go. And Full disclosure. I didn't wear it on <laughs> <That's> Christmas <me>. <laughs> Day. <laughs> but I wore it on every game since, and they won every game since. So it was a rather warm sweatshirt, but I just stayed sweating wearing the same hat, <laughs> same sweatshirt. Uh, during the playoffs, we went to my friend's house, Steve Newman. We had to sit in the same seats. And, you know, we were very superstitious. Like, we have anything to do with if they're going to win or not. But a lot of my friends are big Chiefs fans. They all, they all have those little quirks that, you know, it makes us feel like we're a part of the game and, and uh, you know, contributing <laughs> something, even That's though right. we know we're not. <laughs> well, I you know, you, you may not think so, and maybe from your living room that's not, you know, it's not seen and heard. But um, I do know that Patrick Mahomes has expressed how he feeds off of the – off Chiefs Kingdom, and a lot of the athletes have have talked about that of how it fuels them. So you know the loudest stadium, you know, in the NFL, and I mean they really feed off of that. And so you never know, indirectly, yeah. directly. I was at that yeah. game when we set the record, so oh, there I you did go. have something to do with that. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. And there's been some other fans that have talked about some of their, um, you know, there's one fan that says that I I chew the same toothpick from beginning to end. Uh, another fan says, I never wear Chiefs gear on Chiefs game day, and that, which is strange. Interesting. But um, he did that um, one time, and it was after um, Christmas Day. He stopped wearing the Chiefs gear, and they won. And so he was like, maybe <laughs> I shouldn't put it on. <laughs> it's just uh, these these rituals are, um, it's it's kind of funny to be able to see, uh, you know, how fans think that, that they can influence the game or have some kind of um, cosmic yeah. <laughs> effect. We think it helps. So, I mean, you know, it's fun. It, it keeps everybody engaged. And yes, yes. Keep going. And you've got your Mahomes jersey on, um, you know, yes, official one from last year's Super Bowl. You have the official jersey on, and I, I think that's pretty fantastic um, to be, you know, to be able to, to wear the gear. Um, it also helps make you feel a little bit more a part of it. Yes, thank you. You gave me this one too. So let's just make this a tradition every year. You just give me something new. Right. And so, no, it's great. Well, okay. Let's talk a little bit about, you know, um, let's talk about Butker. The kickers are heroes or zeros, right? You hear that all the time. You know, it's just like they have so much pressure on them and they do so many, you know, there's, you know, they send them in overtime. You know, they have game winning field goals. Um, but the kickers are sometimes just, they don't get the credit that they deserve. So let's talk a little bit about Kansas City's kicker. Well, Harrison Butt Kicker Butker is <laughs> the best kicker in the game. I know he didn't even go, you know, he didn't get voted to the Pro Bowl this year, which was a shame. But he was 44 out of 46 for field goals. And one of his misses was a deflated ball at New England. Go figure that. Um, but that guy is just, it, it seems like pressure doesn't bother him at all. Like he's he's won us several playoff games, or at least tied several, and nothing gets to that guy. And his leg and his swing is just like nothing I've ever seen. Uh, he struggled a little bit last year, but I think he has some lingering ish, injuries that you know kind of hung around all year. But really, our special teams with Tommy Townsend, the punter, and the holder, which that has a lot to do with things too, and James Winchester, the the long snapper. Let's not forget about him. Even though he almost hiked one, That's you know, huge. a little too high on on Butker's fifty-seven yard field goal, which was a Super Bowl record, and that he beat <laughs> from yeah. Moody from the first yeah, half. Moody was like the yes. shortest Super Bowl record ever. <laughs> right. And so, but that's just what he does. He makes that look easy. Yeah. I mean, he kicked it low, but it easily would have made it from 60, 62 yards. I'm glad you brought up the long snapper because that's a critical piece that I think everybody takes for granted. And our older brother, Greg, he was a long snapper. 
I mean, it is hard. It's difficult um, to to hit that target on point every single time to the point where people don't even notice how difficult right. it is. And the different conditions of the game, that, that's that's the whole deal. And, yeah, as our brother reminded us, it's one of the hardest jobs out on the football <laughs> yeah. field. You know? Yes. But it is because you got people standing right over you ready to hit you as soon as you hike it. And, and you know, Winchester's been around a long time for a reason because he's really good. He rarely messes up a snap. Yeah, that's incredible. Well, I think, um, you know, I think it's it's tremendous what he has accomplished. And he's coming back, right? The kicker's coming back. Yes. Well, yes, he, he'll be back. Um, you know, and there are a lot of the other players on the team that may or may not be back that had huge, you know, games and seasons for him, like Legereus Sneed. You know, who knows if he's going to – I hope he comes back, but they got to work out that contract situation. Uh, Chris Jones said he was coming back today, but I don't know if that's official. <laughs> Um, but Trent McDuffie, like he's a second year player and he's been awesome. One of the best corners in the league. So, you know, he'll be back. And then they picked up guys like Mike Pinnell that played for him a couple of years ago that came in and he was stuffing Christian McCaffrey left and right this game. And he hadn't hardly played much in any regular season games this entire year. And so they had a lot of unsung, unsung heroes like, you know, Watson, a lot of the receivers kind of stepped up, um, you know, and they have a lot of no-name players that really contributed in the Super Bowl and in the playoffs. And I, and I think with they, I think they developed some more offensive weapons this year um, as well. Um, and I think that made them a little bit harder to defend. Well, Rasheed Rice, I think, is going to be really good. And I liked him coming out of college. He just, what I like about him, he catches the ball. He doesn't dance around. He just turns it upfield, and he's strong and fast. He's a little bit like a Debo Samuel for Forty ers but. You know, he's hard to tackle, but, you know, so many times receivers will get the ball and dance around and lose yards sometimes. He just plants and goes, and his catch radius got a lot better. I think he started figuring out the offense, and so I think he'll be a real star next year. I do, I do too. I think there's just a lot of potential there. And then, and of Pacheco. course, and, um, yeah, I was getting ready to say, let's talk about Pacheco because I have, I really feel like, um, he's had, you know, talent the whole way, but I really feel like he progressed this season, and I think he took his game to a new level. I really felt like he um, he, he found his stride, no pun intended, but I really think that he did some nice things for them this year. Yeah, I think he really learned some patience in the holes. You could really tell he's just not running into a hole or running into the line. He's really kind of slowing down and looking for those holes, and then he's so explosive and, you know, fast and quick, both, which is a hard combination. You know, he doesn't need a whole lot of room, but I think last year a lot he was just running hard and just hitting the hole without, you know, looking at the other gaps to see if he could make it through. But he wears me out just to watch. I mean, he, <laughs> you know, he goes down the ground and he's just bouncing back up and running back. And I mean, that, that guy's got more energy than anybody I've ever seen, but. I just hope he doesn't uh, run himself into some injuries right. as hard as he runs. But. It's incredible. You know, we've talked to, um, you know, our uncle, Bobby Burnett. He was rookie of the year for the Buffalo Bills, and he was a running back. And we talked, you know, I asked him one time, I'm like, gosh, it just seems like so often running backs just run right into the middle of everybody, you know, right into the middle of everybody. And, of course, it's the other way around. I mean, everybody's running into them. But finding those holes and that explosive, what you just said, is really kind of, I think, that strategic mindset of reading the backs of their linemen and being able to see where they're going to explode. Um, you know, that's what, you know, Bobby always talked about what that was a big key is, is being able to find those holes. Everybody can be fast. 
Everybody can be strong, but being able to find those holes and knowing when you explode through them is is a huge key. Well, yeah, you look at that. You look at the best running backs and the, and they're patient going up to the line. Then they see that opening and they explode through. Um, you know, I thought they had them running right in the you know a gap or you know zero gap way too much this year. And I'm not a coach, but. With his speed and quickness, you know, throw him a few more tosses on the outside, you know, because he did well. Yeah. He makes several yards when he do that. But if he's going right up the gut, that's where all the big guys are going to be at. And it's hard even our offensive line to really, you know, create big holes right up the middle, especially if the other team kind of knows it's coming. But, uh, yeah, it's yeah he's great, getting better. Great. Uh, yeah, he really ha- – I, I felt like he was one of my favorite players to watch this season. Um, good character guy, too. Yes. I think that's what they try to find, a lot of good character people. Mm-hmm. Then they'll teach them the rest. Yeah. I think that's a, that's, that's a big difference. And, you know, having our father and our and uncle play in the NFL, um, you know, we, we both grew up as big football fans. You were a great football player. Um, I would have been a great kicker if they would have – you know. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But you were a great football player as well as our older brother and – and I, I just think it's something, you know, tell me real quick, just what is it that you love so much about um, about the sport of football and the game? What is it that you really enjoy about the sport? Uh, when I was playing, I really liked the camaraderie. And you, you're coming together to, you know, accomplish one goal. And, you know, it sounds kind of silly, but in the sporting world, you're kind of going to war with the other team. And everybody's relying on everybody else. And, you know, and you get humbled a lot. I mean, I got humbled a lot. I, I wasn't a huge guy. Um, I am now, but, you know, back then I wasn't. And uh, so, yeah, you, you get knocked down to the ground several times and you get back up and it, it builds character. But, you know, your teammates are getting the same thing. So yeah. it's just that bonding thing was with me. And you do like the strategy of it, um, you know, and trying to figure out how to score and how to best defend these plays. And then, when you make a big play, it's exciting. I mean, it's fun. You celebrate with your teammates, and and it's just a sport I've always loved. And I think that's why I, why I like watching it so much now because I played it, and I just really enjoyed it. I, I guess I'm li- you know reliving my glory days by <laughs> watching these other young kids. I call them kids, and you know they're making millions yeah. of dollars. They're they're still kids <laughs> to me. Um, but you know the sheer joy they get out of the game, and and. Uh, and just tell they really enjoy being around each other, trying to accomplish a goal. I, I yes, I, I definitely can can agree with that statement for sure. I think there is a lot to this sport that parallels life. Um, so I, you know, I, I and you were a receiver, and you were a great receiver. I saw you uh, make you no, winning <laughs> touchdown catches, which is you know very exciting. But um, I, I do want to bring um, our producer Logan Weber in for just a quick moment. Logan, my question for you is: well, my first is a comment. Um, you know, we've talked about this on the show. My heart goes out to you. Your family was at the mm-hmm. celebration today, so my heart and prayers go out to to you and your family. What a, a traumatic event, and I know that had to be very difficult um as you spoke about on on sports talk and we appreciate you sharing those feelings and and getting those out um um but I, but i also know you're a huge chiefs fan I and am. Uh, my question for you is what do what do they got to do to three peat what what do you think it is what well, do they got to do in the off season the first thing is is that you you have to confirm the reports that are coming out about restructuring patrick mahomes's deal uh, the reports I'm getting anywhere from 25 to 30 million dollars is what they're looking at, whether that's converting it into a signing bonus or 
uh, performance incentives, getting it off of the salary cap. Now, of course, that would still go towards the luxury tax, which the Kansas City Chiefs would then have to incur some kind of fine or penalty on for going above a certain bracket. I think that's the first thing, because if you can get 25 or $30 million off of Mahomes, that's money. That 25 or $30 million could get you Chris Jones by itself. You also look at a guy like, and I know he made a, he, he caught a touchdown pass in the Super Bowl and he made some big plays down the stretch, but Marquez Valdez Scantling is scheduled to make $11 million next year. I think that's a guy you've got to cut. And that's another, as I said, $11 million where between he and Mahomes, you could save somewhere in the vein of $40 million. That $40 million should be enough to where you can retain Chris Jones and Legereus Sneed. You re-sign guys like Drew Tranquil, who you saw him at the parade today. That guy loves Kansas City, and he wants to stay in Kansas City, and he's not going to cost you an arm and a leg to do that. Then it's about diagnosing what exactly you need to do in terms of the wide receiver core. Uh, you should draft at least one wide receiver. I would anticipate using that first-round pick, and if you can find the money for it, which we've seen the Chiefs do time and time again, even though it doesn't seem possible, find the money to go get a T. Higgins or a Mike Evans, or, or even a guy like Tyler Lockett to fill that slot wide receiver position to where if you go out and you buy, you get a big-bodied receiver in the in the first or second round of the NFL draft at 6'3", you can have he and Rasheed Rice on the outside, Tyler Lockett in the slot, Travis Kelsey doing his thing at the tight end spot. So those are maybe the biggest moves, I would say, right out front. That's pretty good. Pretty good. I wonder if anybody was I taking agree. notes. From the <laughs> Ditto. <laughs> Ditto. Thank you, Logan. Yep. Um, and Jeff, thanks for coming tonight. I really appreciate you spending time with us um, and being here and, and keep wearing what you're supposed to wear next season and what, whatever it is that you're doing. Keep giving them that that good aura and those great vibes. Well, thank you very much. And just buy me whatever you want. Yeah, so. <laughs> I'll keep you in Chiefs gear. <laughs> That's for sure. Thanks for coming tonight. We appreciate it. Um, and, and we're going to move into our post-game talk, sponsored by Story Construction. Go to story, S-T-O-R-E-E, dot com for more information. High-quality service and high-quality satisfaction. Give Story Construction a call for your next project. Don't forget, you can always go to a coach's perspective for information on the show or to listen to previous shows. Next week, we'll dive back into our leadership series. Um, but again, I want to send some some prayers to the Kansas City community and everybody involved in the tragedy today, um, you know, prayers of, of trying to make sense of the senseless just does not, um, there's not enough words to capture that. Just know that we are sending a lot of prayers of courage and strength and peace. And I want to wish everybody a happy Valentine's Day, including my husband. We've almost, almost been married 30 years, and I want to uh, wish Scott a very um, happy Valentine's Day. You know, into our post-game talk, I'm going to make this simple. There are trophies that you can hold over your head, and they don't necessarily... Um, Super Bowl trophies. There are lots of trophies that you can do. There's trophies about how you keep people um, and, and how you treat people, how you keep people in your lives um, and how that you are with them. Those are trophies over your head. Remember that. People will sometimes not remember the word, the words that you say, but they're going to always remember the impact that you make on them. And those impacts need to be positive and they need to be championship impacts. So don't forget that. There are a lot of ways to hold trophies over your head and to have medals around your neck. Think about the things in your life that you can do that signify what a champion does. Um, and that's, I'm going to remind you as I do each and every week, be a good human. Live your life like a champion. Live like a human champion. This is Jenny Hopkins, and this has been A Coach's Perspective.